You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help people of faith find more joy in their relationships. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 52, where today we hear how listeners are applying the content from this podcast in their daily lives. At the end of most podcast episodes, I often mention that it would be helpful to hear reactions from listeners to the content of that day's episode. I'm especially interested in how listeners are using what we talk about to transform their relationships into the best they can be. Because when we hear how someone else is putting into practice the ideas and principles we discuss on the show, it can stimulate the rest of us to apply these same ideas and principles so that we can find more joy in our relationships. Well, today I have six brief stories from listeners that will hopefully do just that for you, help you to find more joy in your relationships. So listen in. The first listener response comes from a missionary who commented on my blog post of January 15th entitled Kindness Before Dawn. In it, I tell a story that showed how we can encourage people simply by telling them something we remember about them. I asked our readers of that blog post to think of someone they could encourage by doing the same thing. This particular missionary responded with the simple words, Thanks, John. I got a couple in mind. Well, that's great. Imagine if we all had a, quote, couple in mind we could encourage. Oh, by the way, the blog posts I wrote are what I do in between podcast seasons. They are sent out through my every Wednesday emails. If you'd like to get on my private email list to receive these, go to johnsertalic.com forward slash blog and fill out the form you'll see there. You can also read all my prior blog posts. The second response I want to share with you is from a retired missionary. She starts off by saying that now that she is all caught up on season two, she wanted to get back to me. Well, I first must say something about the phrase caught up. You know, in the whole world of podcasting, uh, you're never really behind. Each episode stands, stands on its own merit. And if you, know, if you want to listen to all the podcasts, that's great. And to listen to everything is, is wonderful. But even if you don't, even if you just skip around here and there and pick something that looks interesting, that's, that's really fine. That's part of the whole wonderful world of, of podcasting. Well, anyway, um, my retired missionary listener, or my friend, uh, responded to episode 48, which was the first one in season three, and it was entitled Worship Without Words. And her and her husband had recently moved to uh, a completely different part of the country. It was one of more than 30 moves that they had made uh, in their marriage, and it was quite recent. And uh, I'll just read just part of, uh, of what she wrote in her email. She said, I'm using a lot of your relationship tips in my new acquaintances, as I realize that these are my new friends. 
One might think that moving, uh, that this moving business gets easier as we have done it more than 30 times. It doesn't. It doesn't. So we find ourselves again hesitant to sink in roots, to begin deep relationships, knowing how fleeting it all may be. I stumble over words when someone asks me if we are settled in yet. Still, I want to work at it and move forward with the task of friendship making. The Lord continues to be my strength and hope. I like that phrase of hers, uh, the Lord continues to be my hope and strength. We can't do any of this relationship stuff, doing it well anyway. We can't really do it well without the, the guidance and direction and hope and strength that the Lord provides. Well, the next response is from a young mom with three young kids, and she was also writing about episode 48, Worship Without Words. Uh, I went on to mention in this episode how we can worship God through our relationships, not just our singing. And she confessed that she can't sing either. I was so glad to find out that there's someone else on the planet that can't sing. And she said, I have the worst singing voice of all time. I think it'd be a neat reality show to have all, all of us who are terrible singers uh, on stage and vote for the worst singer of all time. Well, this particular uh, listener uh, self-described her that way, and she said that she's um, very self-conscious about it, the fact that, that, that she considers herself to be a not very good singer. But then she went on to say, uh, in talking about this idea of relationships as a means of worship, she said the following, How freeing it is to know that we can worship with our whole bodies, our whole lives, all of our minds, and that is worship too. Freedom of needing to sing to worship, but also a responsibility to worship with our whole being. Thank you for your podcast. Well, that was most encouraging to me too, and I know there are others of you out there as well. It's really important to remember that we can worship not just with our singing, but we can worship God in how we relate to other people. A fourth response comes from a seasoned missionary in response to episode 49, Sacrifice in Relationships. It's a beautiful illustration of the three relationships Paul describes in Romans 12. He talks about our relationship with God, our relationship with ourself, and thirdly, with other people. She starts by telling a story of one particularly busy morning where she had a lot of things that she wanted to get done. And uh, she was putting a load of uh, dark clothes into the uh, clothes washer and then when it came time to pull them out, she discovered that uh, there was some Kleenex in the, in the washer. It had all been shredded, and it got on all the dark clothes, and she had to stop doing what she, or she, she had to um, hold off from doing what she really wanted to do to take care of this. She said, uh, you know, I didn't really need this. Um, and I'll quote uh just a couple of lines from her uh, email. She said, as I'm taking the items out of the washer and shaking them before putting them in the dryer, I watched the white fluff accumulate. And I tim timidly asked, so what's the lesson? 
kind of a rhetorical question asking of God. So what's the lesson in this mess? And the conversation went like this. I know you have plans, but I want to slow you down and have you process a few things. I know you are anxious to bake something uh, for your neighbor. She lost her husband just yesterday. But I want to ask you, are there any self-proclamations within your soul? And that really got her thinking. Any self-proclamations within her soul? And in her conversation with God, she said, Oh, Lord, I am so ashamed. Yes, there are some self-proclamations in my soul. I do want to be a testimony of your love and grace and compassion, but I shamefully admit I'm attaching some self-gratification with it. But it's you alone, Lord, how you will work today. Will you and I both knock on my neighbor's door? And as I knock on the door, will you please knock on the door of their heart? Will you somehow pull a veil over my face and let them see you, Jesus? Oh, may you alone be glorified. Well, the fluff got swept up and the tissue removed from the dryer vent, and God used my vent to teach me a good lesson. Keep sending me tissues, Lord, not only to wipe my eyes, but to clear my life of fluff. Man, don't you just love that? I I sure do. I love it because she calls upon the Lord to help her set aside her motive of self-gratification for the greater good of making the Lord the one who shines in this story, not her. What great self-recognition, which is one of the, the relationships that Paul talks about in Romans 2, Romans 12, I'm sorry the whole idea of um, not thinking of ourselves more than we ought to. That's in verse 2. Verse 1 is about uh, the whole idea of sacrificing and using our relationships as a holy sacrifice to God, which is what she was doing in wanting to bake something for her neighbor, but doing so in a way that brings honor and glory to God and not to her. Next up is from another missionary about the same episode, 49, and we'll call her Tina. And she writes the following. I loved what you said, namely, a relationship without sacrifice isn't really a relationship. She then goes on to say, Seems it's usually the people who are doing the sacrificing that are the ones investing in the relationship. And too many times the receiver the one not sacrificing, doesn't think there's anything wrong with the relationship. Do you know what I mean? Well, this could be a whole podcast episode in itself. I can feel where Tina's coming from. These one-sided relationships are worse than no relationship at all. We hope one day the person not sacrificing will realize they are all about taking with no interest in giving and then change. But sadly, that rarely happens. And when you, as the one who sacrifice, sees things for what they are, it can be terribly lonely. Then the question becomes, what do we do with our loneliness? How does God want us to deal with this? How are we to live with the takers in our life? We'll deal with this in a future episode sometime. Well, on that happy note, uh, here's the last response I want to share 
from one of our listeners. It comes to us from Brad about my January 8th blog post, trying to stop this in 2020. This was specifically about my desire to stop answering the, hi, how are you doing question with the, with the response, fine. And you all remember what fine stands for, don't you? Feelings inside, not expressed. Brad is a recently retired carpet distributor, and he wrote the following. Hi, John. Your blog post reminds me of my working days when I worked for Shaw Carpets as a carpet distributor. When I would call on customers, they would often ask, Hey, Brad, how are you doing? And I would typically answer, Shaw-tastic, or Shaw-amazing, or Shaw-some. I usually would get a smile, a laugh, and sometimes, hardly ever though, Hey, order me 10 rolls of your best carpet. I I love that. Well, I was explaining this at uh, one of our staff meetings, and um, within a few days, uh, we all kind of jumped on the bandwagon here that that Brad was uh, talking about. And so we've come up with different answers, uh, all of us here uh, in our podcasting empire, (laughs) uh, to the question, how are you doing? You know, answers that would be different than fine. So for me... I'm starting to say, well, I'm John Top of the World. How about you? And Fran, our receptionist, is saying, I'm Frantastic. And we have Sean, our men's locker room attendant, who's been saying, I'm Seansome. And Terry, uh, Carol's husband and our chief sound engineer, has been saying, I'm Terry Ific. And I think the one I like best is from uh, Rex, our doorman. And every day we come into the building and and he opens the door for us. And when we ask him how he's doing, he's saying, I'm just rexcellent. Well, as Brad said, uh, I would usually get a laugh or a smile out of uh, his response. I have found that humor has a way of breaking down barriers and bringing in a little relational sunshine into our lives. It reminds me of my headhunting days when I was trying to recruit someone for a particular uh, search assignment I was working on, and I would often hear the response uh, when I, after I would tell a potential candidate about a particular uh, opening. They would often respond with, um, nah, I'm not really interested in that job. I'm, I'm pretty happy where I'm at. I would then sometimes respond with, well, would you like to be happier? Well, people would oftentimes chuckle, uh, and no one ever changed their mind, but that was okay. It just added a little levity to both of our days. Here's what I've learned today. Here's what's uh, stuck with me in, in today's episode. The relationship principles we're dealing with in this podcast have all different kinds of applications, some I never would have thought of, and it encourages and motivates me to try doing what others are doing to find joy in their relationships. So, if you forget everything else from today's episode, here's the one thing I hope you remember from today. And that is, it's encouraging to hear what other people are doing to transform their relationships into the best they can be. Because when I pay attention to how other people are transforming their relationships, it gives me hope that maybe I can improve mine. 
Here are a few ideas that uh, you might want to try in response to today's show. Now, I know I say this just about every week, but I would love to hear how you're using the content of the podcast in your relationships. Our other listeners would like to as well, because we can learn from each other, as I hope you have today in hearing from other listeners. You can share your thoughts in the leave a reply box at the bottom of the show notes, or you can send them to me in an email to john at caringforothers.org. Well, in closing, I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to both reflect and to act so that you will find the joy God intends for you through your relationships. Because after all, you are made for this. And now for our relationship quote of the week. It's this. Hope has two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage. Anger at the way things are encouraged to see that they do not remain the way they are. Comes from St. Augustine of the 4th and 5th century. Augustine of Hippo. I'll say it again. It's very. I find it very thought-provoking. Hope has two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage. Anger at the way things are. Encouraged to see that they do not remain the way they are. I think specifically about relationships. You know, we can be angry at our relationships and how we are relating or frustrated or disappointed. Those kinds of emotions about the current state of the relationship. But if we have courage, we can take some steps to ensure that they do not remain in the dysfunctional manner they are. Anyway, that's what I've been thinking about. Well, that's all for today. It's been great being with you, and I look forward to being with you next week. Goodbye for now.